Hello there, my name is Joe Martin. I'm pastor at First Baptist Church, Toledo, Washington. I want to thank you for taking a few moments to listen or watch this this weekend video. I want to remind you that this um, this week in the in-person services we'll be having a Lord's Supper service. I want to talk to you out of the Gospel of Luke, what Jesus is really teaching about, teaching us about how to walk in relationship with with each other in this world and how God deals with us in this world. This is out of Luke chapter 8, 22. And I want to talk to you about storms. Matter of fact, on my way out here, it's a little break in the little sun coming through right now, but man, it was just pouring. And um, I'm actually a little bit chilled because of uh, now the sun's coming out and I'm thinking, thank you, Lord, because you know the great thing about storms even the storm you might be in right now, it will pass. And the sun will come out again. I want to read this passage out of Luke chapter 8, in verse 22. It says, it says, Now on one of those days, Jesus and his disciples got into a boat. And he said to them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they launched out. But as they were sailing along, he fell asleep. And a fierce gale of wind descended upon the lake. And they began to be swamped and to be and to be in danger. They were, they were, it was really scary. As a matter of fact, they came to Jesus and they woke him up saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he got up and he rebuked the wind and the surging waves. And they stopped and it became calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? They were fearful and amazed, saying to one another, Who then is this who commands even the winds and the water? And they obey him. It's an amazing passage, and you find it in, in the other Gospels as well. But there are some really important things to make sure that you recognize in this, this tale of storms. Jesus, first of all, we see, led them into the storm. And sometimes Jesus leads you into storms. I feel like in some of the things that we've went through and some of the things that you've been going through, it seems like this is just the way it went. This is what God led us into. Now, there are times, it seems, that we create our own storms. You know, in our relationships, because of our choices, our behaviors, or sometimes maybe in our finances, or in our, our um, in other areas of our life, maybe even with our health, there are things that we contribute to. Sometimes we create it. Like I said, it's easy for people to not just be addicted to behaviors, but we can get addicted to chaos, to the, to the kind of the drama that um, affects our lives. And then when your life gets really calm, you don't know quite what to do with it. You've never known calm. You've grown up, or maybe you've been in a relationship where it's been so chaotic and contentious that you don't know how to deal with it. But there are times, as I said, that God leads us into storms. And this can be very confusing. This can be very... Um, 
scary. You say, why, God, are you bringing me here? You know, we know that in the life of Jesus, as we look at his life and, and make make lessons, come to lessons of our own, that Jesus himself was led into the wilderness. He went through a period of testing. Sometimes we go through storms as well. Not by our own creation or not because we created chaos for ourselves or a bad decision. It just comes. Remember, Jesus said, now one of those days, Jesus and his disciples got into the boat and he said to them, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Now, they launched out. And Jesus was sailing along. He fell asleep. On the, some, some of the accounts of this, that he fell asleep on the back. And then that fierce gale of wind, the squall, descended on the lake and they began to be swamped. And it's not really a lake. It's an inland sea, the Sea of Galilee. You know, when these storms come, they are confusing they are chaotic. They are dangerous. They're scary. They can be sudden and overwhelming. You you find yourself pushed as the disciples were, pushed beyond the limits of your strength and your experience. And they had significant amounts of experience. You may be at that point that they were where you feel that you just cannot handle one more one more thing. And then the one more thing happens. That's what those storms are like. They really are. The great news is this. That if Jesus leads us into a storm, for whatever reason, you know, sometimes you can make the assumption, oh, I must not have been listening to God because I'm going through these struggles. You could be right in the middle of God's will and be experiencing a storm. They were right in the middle of God's will. They were right close to Jesus, following Jesus, doing what he said, and they had a storm. Don't assume just because things are difficult, scary, sometimes overwhelming, that you're not in God's will. You know, sometimes uh, through these last few years, you can second-guess yourself and think, man, this is really hard, or this is really unpredictable. You know, um, maybe maybe we're not in God's will. You know, you can be in God's will and be in a storm, and you can be out of God's will and have smooth sailing. But the great news, in the middle of a storm, Jesus hears your cries. He does. They came to Jesus and they woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he got up and he rebuked the wind and the surging waves, and they stopped, and it became calm. Isn't that an amazing thing about God's love? You know, the Bible tells us all through Psalm 34.4, it says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. You know, sometimes people say stuff, and maybe you like, oh, I hate to bother God, or I hate to bring my little problems to God. Listen, the Lord is not annoyed by your problems. He loves to hear those words, I need you. That's what he's maybe waiting for, I need you. The storm may be to teach you to rely on him for things that only he can do. Psalm twenty-two twenty-four says, For he, is not de- he has not despised nor abhorred, abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. <laughs> he, doesn't, 
He's not bothered by that. Nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, he heard. He hears your cries. Sometimes what we do is we're, we kind of have this wrong idea about the love of God. He loves to hear from you no matter what the reason. He's not like, oh no, not Joe again. No, he wants to hear from me. When was the last time you were really calm? I, I like what one person said, as I mentioned before, that how do you know when you're trusting God? You're relaxed. When's the last time you were really relaxed? I mean relaxed in a way that you couldn't explain it. You know, we spend a lot of money and go a lot of places and all under the banner of relax. And oftentimes the very things that we're trying to get to create relaxation for make us more stressed. Especially when you have to pay that bill. But the Bible says the way you can find that calm the calm on the inside is to crying out to him. That's what Philippians 4, 6 says. Let me remind you of this great verse many of you know. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, cry out to God with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I do agree with one preacher. God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He loves you. He likes to hear from you. There is this connection between our prayer life and our peace life. Do you have peace? The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension. The relax, being relaxed with no explanation except for God's presence. You know, God loves you. And he wants you to live in peace. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the normative inner life of the Christian is to be a life of peace. Are you really at peace? I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, I'm trusting in God and I have the... But do you really have it if you're really honest? And what, do you know it? What is it like when you're really at peace? The third thing here is we see Jesus led into storms. Jesus hears your cries, but Jesus will also question your faith. He'll cause you to examine your faith. And you ought to regularly. We're called to examine our faith. Notice what he says. After the storm passed and he had calmed them, he said to them in verse 25, Where is your faith? And they were fearful and amazed, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. They were grasping with the fact that Jesus was way more than they ever imagined, really. Where is your faith? Sister? Brother? Where's your faith? It's not. Jesus doesn't say, you have no faith. He says, where did you put your faith? 
you know where we put our faith? Some of you, you haven't had any peace because you're putting your faith in your skill or your ability to make money or your intelligence, and you have a lot of it, and you figure things out, or your, your security that you have maybe in your, in your money. Where is your faith? In your strength, your health, and that can change in a hurry. Maybe in your past, all your experience. Like, think about those, you know, Peter, James, and John, at least, Andrew, they all knew how to, they knew how to, they were, they were fishermen. This is what they did. It's easy to rely on yourself. But storms will always come that will be more than you can handle without God. Mm-hmm. How about that? Where is your faith? Is it in the fact that everybody likes you, that you're popular, or that um, this is the cool thing right now? That the culture accepts you? You're relevant? <laughs> Where is your faith? Has it been in your busy efforts? Your reasoning that you can figure it out? Reason's a wonderful thing, but it'll only take you so far. And then you the only way... You, God gives you enough information and knowledge and insight right up to the point where you don't have to trust Him anymore. You will always have to come that next step by faith. You know something? Where is your faith? Do you really believe that God is on your side? That He loves you before the storm? He loves you going into the storm, in the storm, and after the storm. <laughs> Sun comes out. I love the old poem that Amy Carmichael wrote, Thou art the Lord that slept upon the pillow. Thou art the Lord that soothed the furious sea. What matters beating wind or tossing billow if only I'm in the boat with thee? Hold me in silence through the age-long minute. Why, thou art silent and the wind is shrill. Can the boat sink when thou, dear Lord, are in it? Can the heart faint that waiteth on your will? I don't think so. I don't think so. Wait on his will. Today, I want you to really ask that question. Where has your faith been? Have you been crying out to him in the middle of your storm? Or maybe it's not even your storm. It's the storm of your kids or your grandkids. Or maybe it's a storm in some friend. There's all kinds of different storms in health and in the real world. But God wants you to get to the place of peace where he can say to the storm in your life peace be still and then what you will do is you will be amazed and you'll say wow he really is God as you think about this message you go to the bottom of your screen that you're watching and you there are some steps you can fill out a next step card and, and it helps us to know what um what, how we can pray for you and how we can help you. You may say, look, I need Jesus in the boat with me. <laughs> I want to trust him for myself. I am crying out to him, you may say, that I can experience his peace. I hope that you will do that today. I want to remind you once again that if you watch this and you say, you know, I want to hear some more about this, you can come to our in-person services at 8 Sunday morning, 9.30 is an outdoor service, and um, and 11 o'clock as well and on Sunday morning. And then remember the difference between 
that service in this talk right today. Obviously, you're going to be with music and everything else, but also we're going to have time to celebrate the Lord's Supper. That's our unity together, remembering the cross. I hope you'll come. Thank you for watching, and thank you so much, so many of you, for being so generous. You can go to that same site down below, not only to fill out that next step card, but also to give, and many of you do. God bless you. I'll see you soon.